We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and brought to you today by betonline.ag. I'm your host, Jacob. I've got Taylor along today. I'm just trying to be the Pippin to your guys' uh, Rodman and Jordan. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to pull a Rodman and just go practice rebounding in the gym at 4 a.m. Uh, or go some... to Vegas and like take a two-day hiatus just because. Two days. That dude didn't come back for like five days. (laughs) We've got Kamir along. I was texting Jake in the middle of the pod, in the middle of the episodes, and I really took what Gary Payton said to heart about my game uh, playing basketball, which is you just got to be the fuck up man. We just got to fuck up the entire offense on defense. So just rooting everything. Thought that was fun. I'm with it. We've also got Nick along. CD Lamb with them boys. Hey, the I'm not an NFL guy, but the, the and Cowboys, had a Cowboys had a good draft. They had a hell of a draft. So Shout still no quarterback uh, though. So my guy from TU got a TU guy, got two OU guys. Yeah, they're drafting a lot of Oklahoma. big times. It's uh, it's interesting. Steelers didn't draft Jalen Hurts, and I'm so happy. So that's all I, that's all I care about. <laughs> and I'm so happy. He ended up same in state, wrong city. Thank God, Philly. So, yeah, well, he ended up in Philly. Yeah, same state, wrong, uh, wrong city. Call me or not to uh, dive into your guys' podcast over at CC Machine, but if Rattler ever gets to play, ever, I think it'll be He'll a fun season for OU. Uh, it might be spring, but it'll be fun. Rattler should have <laughs> played. Rattler should have played this year. He was doing things Jalen couldn't do in fall camp. So uh, if if Rattler would have came early, I know this is a weird. If you're an OU football fan, if Rattler would have actually came to OU in January and in spring, Jalen Hurts would not have transferred to OU and he would have started and they would have been more dynamic on offense. But this is a basketball podcast. Well, speaking of basketball, guys, a handful of topics to discuss today. We're going to dive into Woj's report that facilities are starting to open for teams that are in areas that are lifting shelter-in-place orders. 
we are going to start a little Sunday night podcast series where we're going to look at if the playoffs started now. And then we're also going to play a game of this or that Thunder edition. Uh, but let's start with Adrian Wojnarowski Saturday night. Was it Saturday night? It was Saturday night. Yes. Yep. Breaking uh, some news on Twitter.com and then releasing a story on ESPN that states that are starting to lift their shelter-in-place orders coming up, uh, a lot of them May 1st. The NBA is going to allow teams in those areas to open up their practice facilities solely for individual workouts. Uh, no t- organized practices, no like team uh, get-togethers or anything, but guys can go to the gym to work out. He mentioned that this is kind of coming on during a GM call with Adam Silver, the GM of, uh, I guess, a handful of teams said that their players were asking their coaches and training staff if they should make their way to Atlanta where gyms are open so they can go and start getting run in at like a Anytime Fitness or or a, a, a YMCA. Fitness or a YMCA, <laughs> yeah. They should go and start working out, uh, lifting weights and getting run in in the gyms. And all the GMs were like, oh, my God, no, I don't want my players to go do that. So teams like the Atlanta Hawks, teams like, I guess, down in Texas, uh, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, these teams where shelter-in-place orders are being lifted are going to be able to have their facilities open now. My first question to you guys is, do you think this means, even though it's not going to be organized practice, it's just if guys want to come in and get a workout in the gym, they have a safe place to do it. Do you think Thunder players who kind of scattered across the the continental United States, and I don't know if Steven is in New Zealand, he may be, uh, but do you think these players are going to start heading back to Oklahoma City now, start trying to find transportation to get back here so they can start working out again? I would say yes, because they want to win things. I mean, I, I don't know about Danilo Gallinari. I know he has some personal stuff because of Italy and his family and friends over there. But I would say for the most part, yes, uh, they're all staying around and doing whatever. Especially, like, I take exception to, like, a tweet that Jared Dudley sent out. He was like, but that means everybody might get a month ahead of on, on us. And not the whole, right. like, month ahead of on us. Jared Dudley's acting like he doesn't sit his ass at home and work and not work out during this regular season anyways. Have you seen this guy? (laughs) Like, dude, shut up. You're a high IQ player. You're not ever an athletic player. You look like the cool substitute with all, like, the dumbass kids. So it's like, that that was frustrating. And then Royce had a tweet from the top rope, but... Uh, yeah, that I would expect. Awesome. I would expect. RKO you know, out of nowhere. I mean, any any Instagram post you see from CP3 is him just like getting in work. So, and you know when they say, and even Dennis Schroeder's been getting in work on his Instagram. So you know Russ that, out there in the sand pit, yeah, putting in and, work. Yeah, and <laughs> you know you know that on their team Zoom calls, like they're keeping each other in check. Right, and, holding, uh, holding each other accountable. Yeah, 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 definitely, and especially with your the best player and the leader and your oldest player on the team, like, and he's gonna he's the best one. He's gonna do that for you instead of you know maybe having surgery uh, during training camp so he can miss training camp, Russ. Uh, so there's that, but yeah, I would not expect trying to them, f up my summer, bro. Yeah, seriously. When <laughs> when they when they said that last week, that and people were like, oh no, Russ didn't do that. He totally did. Um, but yeah, I would expect them to be getting back in OKC if they aren't already here and start training together. And Oklahoma City, like Stephen Adams said in his book, it's incredibly boring by meaning there's not a lot of the other things to do other than focus on basketball, and that's what he liked about it. So I would very, I would, I would really expect them to start training once again. So I think the biggest thing here is what a lot of players have already brought up, like Comer mentioned, um, the equality part of it all right like if the midwest and the south teams are able to practice and not not practice but like those those players are able to access a facility um some of these other teams are obviously going to be upset about that you have to make sure that all players in the nba have access to be able to um to access those facilities and have the same access that all the other teams have and so um 
I just, and it's kind of strange because I, I don't know how many, probably a lot of our listeners listen to David Holt and give his, um, his, his public announcement when he mentioned how he didn't necessarily agree with our governor, the governor of Oklahoma, um, Kevin Stitt, but he was going to move forward with it because that's what the governor said. That's what the other cities outside the Oklahoma City metro were going to agree with. I couldn't help but draw the like the parallel. The um, it it really is. It's it's a parallel between um, David Holt and the commissioner of the NBA, right? Like, there's so much pressure on them to start the league. And it's like, even if it isn't the right time necessarily, they kind of feel the pressure to start, you know, going back into motion. They, they, they feel like they need to um, have teams start to practice and, and get players back into the facility. So I, I'm interested to hear your guys' um, thoughts on this because I feel like there's, there's a really good analogy between what's happening in Oklahoma and what's happening within the, within the NBA right now. Yeah, and, and – Taylor, to kind of touch on something you said at the beginning there, like the the equality aspect of what if Thunder players and Mavericks players can get in their facilities, um, but the Warriors and the Celtics and the Knicks can't. Is that fair? Part of me has wondered, would the league maybe look into like renting hotel space and getting these players? Like what if they let Boston players have a hotel in downtown Oklahoma city and utilize the thunder practice facility since it's open again, it's individual workouts only like, would that ever be a thing that they look into? And I, I saw something as some people on Twitter have like responded and, and asked questions about that. And um, forgive me because I can't remember who exactly it was, but like talking about Oak, Oklahoma city and, and Tulsa, right? Like we used to have the G league. Um, our, our G league team used to be in Tulsa rather than in Oklahoma in Oklahoma City, across the street from Chesapeake. Yes, that'd be awesome, but like, there's a reason that Oklahoma City is not up for consideration when it comes to All Star Weekend because there's not yeah. a hotel space, a hotel space, right? Like for sure. But I mean, you're, you're not looking for OKC and Tulsa. There's not that much hotel space and, and places for these players to stay. So. I but just, it's not I like you'd about, be looking for massive like fan hotel space. I mean, you'd be you, looking for just a floor in the skirvin for the Boston Celtics if they wanted to. True. You'd have to split it up. That's a good point. Yeah. And so like, I'm not talking, I'm talking like maybe one or two other teams come and can use the Thunder facility. Maybe one or two teams can go down and use the Mavericks facility. One or two teams could go use Houston's facility um, to, to where they have place where they can kind of quarantine these people. But then call me back to what you were talking about, you know, the, that the Thunder players, you know, if they're not already here, they'll make their way back here. I wonder, like, Chris Paul wants to get back to playing basketball, but in the middle no, of he wants a, to get back a, to hooping. Yeah, he wants to get back to hooping. <laughs> True. Um, in, in the middle of a global pandemic, that's kind of scary. Uh, just everything going around. Does he want to leave his kids and his wife again, uh, kind of on their own, and come back to Oklahoma City for an undisclosed amount of time? Um, you know, like you said, Danilo Gallinari has got a lot of personal stuff going on. His whole family lives over in Italy. That's been hit really hard. Uh, I don't even know where, where Gallo is right now. I wouldn't assume he's in Italy, but I don't know. Probably Um, with his girlfriend that they have Instagram videos with. She's fine. Yeah. Uh, she also like comes up to his elbows. Um, but you know, like does, is, is he motivated to, to come back? Um, there, there's just so many layers to this thing that it's, it's Is really Andre hard Robertson to motivated to come back and stop hanging out with Rachel Demida while stealing the Thunder's money. <laughs> he's already in Oklahoma City right now, so I think he's got that part figured out. Well, he's he was back. in Oklahoma City when he was full go. That doesn't mean anything. Is he full he's go he's times full two? Full go again. He's ready to go. Yeah, well, so he was ready to there... go, and then he hauled <laughs> off to California with. I'm his also water. ready to go. Put me in, coach. Yeah. It's uh there there's just so many layers to this and so many different aspects. Um, right. my last question on this topic though, just from a bird's eye view here, is this would you guys consider this a, a pretty substantial first step towards working towards a return to play? I don't think it's substantial at all. I mean it, that sounds pessimistic, but I 
it's a step absolutely but substantial like there's so like just like you mentioned jacob there are so many more steps um to go before the nba are able to move forward in in, in playing games like even just to have multiple teams at one site practicing like we mentioned if you have like say three or four teams between okc and tulsa uh, and you're you're utilizing the BOK Center, the Chesapeake Arena, and the um, the OKC Thunder's practice arena. Like, there's still multiple things that multiple uh, you have to have testing for each of those teams. You have to have so many different steps for the for that to even be feasible. So the fact that the uh, the NBA would even be able to move forward and have these teams playing games, it just seems kind of far fetched for me. And um, I just. I would love nothing more than for for the NBA to be able to start again, but it just I don't see this being a huge step towards that. It is a step towards that, but I just I, I hope that we're able to um, see more progress using this step and seeing these players being able to put individual workouts in, continue to get better, get shots up, be in shape, so that when we do get to the point as a nation where we have you know. Uh, easy uh, accessible testing where we can you know have a bubble like we've talked about in the previous podcast where uh, you know you can go to Orlando or you can go to Vegas and these teams can play in one place and have a accessible testing then you know I, I think we'll get to that point where I don't I, I don't know I, I just I, I feel like there's still a lot of steps to be taken to where these teams are able to um, to actually start playing in the in the NBA rather than just getting one on one workouts in in states where you know where um, yeah we're only like a third of the, a third of the league can even do it yeah exactly I want to go back to the equality thing um, so there's been you know reports like Giannis saying doesn't have access to a goal and and he hasn't shot a basketball since and this was early on so this could have changed but didn't have access to a goal and hadn't shot a basketball in x amount of days and the story of jimmy butler buying hoops for all of his teammates because only one of his teammates goran Dragic, had access to a goal and everyone's talking about equality and like what if this team can start doing one-on-one um, type workouts in their facility like get out of town you're an nba player i don't care if you're a two-way guy like lou dort making 75k like you're, you're a professional basketball player you can buy a hoop go play in your driveway it's not going to be the same as a full court workout but i mean the the, the point of the, these one-on-one workouts and using facilities is to to stay in shape get back in shape work out all that kind of stuff you see guys all the time on instagram working out staying in shape doing this stuff i don't buy the equality argument at all yeah and if you deep if you deep if you dive deeper into deep diaper if you deep diapers that's justin's job he's got the kids um <laughs> you know it's not even opening up facilities for team and group activities it's literally opening up facilities for having like one player <laughs> like they are not allowed they're still not allowed to have group workouts organized team activities in allowing for these facilities to open up so like what's the what what, like what what's the point here and it's a first step and it's an encouraging first step to making playoff basketball a thing just later on that goes into august and maybe september um to finish the season out but uh, i just and just like just like we've talked about several times we're living on a week-to-week basis, and we're operating off of new information like every week, and so it's exhausting for us. And imagine like being the CEO or being the chairman of a massive million-to-billion money-making machine, trying to make these decisions safely and also economically to where it makes sense. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Yeah, it's uh, it's complex. It's incredibly complex. So I think I'm with you guys. I don't know if it is a substantial step or a big first step, but I think it's something that just it, it looks like it could start going in the right direction for basketball to come back. So in that aspect of it, it is encouraging. Uh, all right. Well, guys, let's move on. I wanted to start a new series this week, uh, kind of a little, a little thing we'll do each Sunday night on the podcast for our listeners on Mondays. 
called If the Playoffs Started Now, because that's a phrase we always love to say, if the season ended now, or if the playoffs started now, well, whenever we get basketball back, it might be the playoffs starting. And so I wanted us to look at the NBA standings, look at the current playoff matchups, and break down each matchup. Nick actually came up with this idea for us, uh, and so we're going to do this week by week. So the first two weeks are going to be the first round of the playoffs. This week, we're going to do the one verse eight and two verse seven seeds in both conferences. So that's four games or four, four, not games, but series. Next week, we'll do three verse six and four verse five, and then we'll move on to the next rounds of the playoffs. Uh, so guys, I will tell you what the playoff matchup is, and then I figure we could spend a few minutes on each one kind of discussing key matchups, X factors, um, other significant parts of that series, and then we'll make a guess on the winner of each series and how many games it will take. First series up in the West, the one-seed Los Angeles Lakers versus the eighth-seeded Grizzlies. I think what's interesting about this is, like, if this, again, we're talking in hypotheticals, if we, as we've you know, mentioned on the past three, uh, past every podcast, yeah, right? Exactly. Since this whole, uh, uh, pandemic, but, you know, we're, we're assuming that the Grizzlies were able to pull this off against, um, the Pelicans, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's all this talk about the Pelicans being able to come back and uh, get that eighth spot. With that being said, um, the Lakers for the Grizzlies, I think the biggest <laughs> and the most obvious X factor is going to be LeBron James. Right and does Andre Iguodala, who's was traded um, to the Miami, like they don't really have a small forward or a that combo um, forward guard to guard LeBron. Um, yeah. like probably yes, got Jaron Jackson Jr. guarding AD. There's just That's so much an, youth, right? Yeah. Is is there any matchup um, at any position or the bench that the Memphis Grizzlies win against the Lakers? Actually, let me say this. I think because right before the podcast, we we're talking about this, and I said, "Oh, the the key guy, the key matchup, or the key person in this series is LeBron." Let me pause on that one. The key one, now that I think about it a little bit more, it's got to be Anthony Davis, right? Right. His exactly. health is always garbage. Um, he's never really been a healthy guy. That's been like one of the mainstays of his career that he always gets some sort of hip flexor. He's always missing 15 to 20 games a season. I don't know when the last time he's played straight 82 games. Definitely hasn't been the last couple of years. So, like, let's say Anthony Davis goes out, and it's Braun with Danny Green and Avery Bradley, right? Who else they'll, do they have? Yeah. They'll power through, but, like, oh, and, they aren't going to do anything in the second and, round. Kyle and, Kuzma. And Kuzma. But then you've got, like, budding future superstar and Ja Morant. And then you also have, of course, JJJ. And didn't they lose Jay Crowder? Or is Crowder there? They lost Crowder. They, lo they lost Crowder. They have um, Justice Winslow now. Yeah, Justice Winslow is going to be my X Factor kind of to um, disagree with Taylor. I think, I think Winslow, one. he's, he's he been be cleared to play once the season comes back. I think he'd be interesting. Not yeah. an X Factor that like makes a difference in a series where the Grizzlies win, but I think he would be someone that could definitely I spearhead the, yeah. guarding LeBron. I bet the Memphis Grizzlies could win one, especially if Jaw got hot. Yeah, no, yeah, they could definitely win a game. And, um, and I think that's the, Clark, the one That's somebody matchup. we haven't talked about yet. You yeah, know? I think that's the, the one positional matchup that Memphis has over the Lakers as point guard. Every other matchup across the board, I mean, the Lakers win. But the point guard position, um, the uh, Memphis has, has an edge there. The Lakers just have so much playoff experience, though. Danny Green, LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. I mean, I know some of those guys are like dipshits, but they have a <laughs> lot of experience. They have a lot of experience and they have length. And that's what worries me against a team like the Grizzlies. Um, yes, you have guys like JJJ, and yes, you have guys like um, Brandon Clark, but the Lakers just have so much length, and I'm not sure how much John Morant could do in his freshman season against a team like the Lakers. You know, that really worries me. Again, that's all pending what um, Kamara said in health, but I don't know. Um, that that worries me a little bit. 
So, Lakers versus Grizzlies. Who wins and how many games does it go? What do you guys got? I'll say I mean, it's obvious. Lakers win. Just give me five. Five? Gentlemen Nick, sweep. what do you think? I think it's a sweep. I, I was going to say, I think Lakers are poor. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 just, I just think that they the Grizzlies could get one out of it. Uh, but I wouldn't Playoff be surprised. basketball is a different animal. But yeah, I, wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised be... if it went five, but I think I'm going sweep. I'm just being optimistic. I, I would expect a sweep, but I think the Grizz could get a game out of it, if that makes sense. How's For this? Sure. How's this? If the Lakers play the Pelicans, uh, the Pelicans will get one game on them, but I don't think the Grizzlies would. Yeah, I, uh, that that's an interesting, interesting one. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to yeah. the second series in the Western Conference, which would be the two-seeded Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. That's fun. This that's is a really fun, fun one. Any so so initial thoughts, matchups, X factors, uh, whatever. I think I think the I think cr- the Mavericks could could put up a little bit of a fight here, and I think it's because the the one guy. Luca, yeah, right. Agreed. Because of Luca, great. I think what this would it? be a series in which Kristaps uh, Porzingis gets gets a bit exposed. I've said this a lot. I've been kind of critical of him, and he doesn't have that that dog in him, that alpha male type mentality, and he needs to be somewhat of that. I don't think he needs to to be that Luca alpha, but he needs to um, be more assertive, more aggressive on both ends of the floor. I think that he gets extremely exposed up against um, some of the guys the Clippers have that could defend him. I think they might throw some some Paul George and Kawhi on him, even though they'd be undersized. I think that, that he would be highly exposed, and this is another five-game series, in my opinion. I think I would give this one five games as well. Um, the, the Clippers are just so deep. You know, I mean, the Clippers can legitimately go like nine deep in a playoff series. Most teams go like eight, and the Clippers could go nine or ten. I, I have nothing else to add. Yeah, I was gonna say there's there's really no answer I mean, for he's the Luke a legend for a reason. I think I think Dallas could take two games from him to be honest. Uh, because that, listen, that'd be I mean, fun. You got to think about it. Playoff Paul, P shows up. Yeah, I would love he, that. I just but I don't. He, he hasn't. Paul George hasn't played a game since spring break, so he's already healed up. Like his shoulder's not torn anymore. Uh, Kawhi is Kawhi. You've seen time and time again that he's delivered, especially on teams that he shouldn't have been delivering on. Like he's, especially at the end of the Spurs when he still kept them up and running. Like God, like you, you look back at those Spurs teams and how bad they were, not put together. It was basically Kawhi and old people, and he was still like really keeping them there. That's impressive in its own in its own facet. And then he goes to a team where they actually have good players, and of course they win the NBA title. And then, so Kawhi's always going to be Kawhi. I actually watched the NBA Finals Game 7 today where it was the Heat and the Spurs when the Heat won it, and it's because Kawhi missed two consecutive three free throws, and then yep. Ray Allen uh, drained the three to win it. And so like, Kawhi, yeah. was kinda, Kawhi was the goat to be kicked in that year, but the next year they won it because of him. So, And then, but, like, you know, Patrick, Patrick Beverly is Patrick Beverly, like, they guard him like he's a big. Um, Lou Will is Lou Will and Montrez Harrell are just fantastic off the bench. But I just I can see Dallas winning two games just by sincerely outscoring them if Lou Will has a bad game or two. See, Connor, you bring up a good point, but that's what I was going to get at is in in that. I just don't see how Dallas's depth is able to compete with. Um, the Clippers depth, and we all know, we we all know playoff P, right? Quote unquote playoff P, which means not the playoff P that uh, Paul George would like to think. Playoff P, and that he just disappears. Playoff P, your damn pants. He goes away. Exactly, he goes away. Even then, the Clippers have so much more depth compared to the Mavericks. I think the Ma- the Mavericks probably still one game because of uh, Luca. And maybe KP is able to stay healthy enough where he's able to um, have a big game with Luka in conjunction. And they still win game away from the Clippers, but I think that's the most at, you know, I think that's the very most that they'll be able yep. to still. I'm going 4-1 Clippers in this one. Call me, are you taking 4-2? I was muted. No, I'm taking the gentleman's sweep again. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if, 
the Mavs could steal too. Uh, but at the okay, same time, the, you're like, you the said, like you yeah. said, man, you can you can stagger the clips with so much. And they also have Landry Shamit, and we're not even talking about him right now. They I mean, I know we're, we're all going to bitch about him, but they even have Reggie Jackson coming yeah, off their they bench. Have, they True. have so That's much. Point. So they can Marcus stagger. Morris coming off their bench. They can stagger so much. Like, you can have you could have Paul George and, God, there's so much you can do there. And, all and they wouldn't even get to small. use it because Corona. Yeah. yeah. You know, all, these, good all times. these guys, all these guys <laughs> are just so good at scoring the bucket and driving the lane and getting foul calls. It's just... How do you how do you win? So you would have to outscore them, and well, hell, that's what the Mavs have been trying to do all year, and they're what the seventh seed right now. So, yep. Uh, Nick, were you going four one as well on this one? Yes, I'm gonna go four one. I, I I agree with Kamiar. It could it could go four two, but um, with such an an experienced team in the Mavericks, they they're definitely up and coming. They're a team that two years from now, when they have a little bit more experience, could definitely make things interesting. And Luca's Luca's incredible, but they just don't have what it takes right now to, to do anything in that matchup. Agreed. All right, let's move out east now. This first one's going to be really easy. I think we're not going to talk long on this one. <laughs> Agreed. Then one seed Milwaukee Bucks versus the Orlando Magic. Sweep. The the Bucks have the advantage at every position. Sweep. Is that fair? Yeah, this, this is a sweep easy. <laughs> Let's just I mean, move on past this topic. You know you know the Bucks are going to beat that ass like so yeah. bad. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Eric Bledsoe is the better point guard on the two teams. Um, who plays the two for Milwaukee now? Is Wesley Matthews starting? I mean, he's maybe Evan Fournier's a hair better. Um, you got Chris Middleton at the three. He's better than, than whoever – the the magic are going to throw out there whether it be Aaron Gordon at the three, um, Al Farouk Aminu at the three, Jonathan whatever. Isaac. Right, Jonathan Isaac, um, Giannis is the best player in the league this year, so he's obviously. And then you have and Isaac's been hurt, right? Yeah, I, I don't well, know if he's going to be able. Well, now he might be able to come back. Yeah. Then you got Vucevic versus the Lopez brothers. Um, yeah, right. this one's simple. We all agree, sweep. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's move on. This next one's kind of interesting. The Toronto Raptors versus the Brooklyn Nets, uh, assuming that Kyrie may be healthy enough to come back and play. I don't this I don't is, think he me, this I is, don't think is, he does either way. I just I You think he just set it out? I mean, there's there's really no benefit. He's he, I mean, what if he gets injured again that it, it rolls into the next season? I think that the front office in Brooklyn knows that this series isn't going to be anything extra even with Kyrie. I don't think they have a chance with Kyrie. It's just one of those, let's just play it out with the guys we have. Kyrie's already been ruled out for quote-unquote the year before this pandemic, so let's just roll with the team we expect See, it to. Nick, I think you bring up a great point. <laughs> I don't mean to like just completely derail this whole um, topic that we have going on our podcast, but like, if the season were to start back up, how motivated are these teams? Are you going to see teams like the Brooklyn Nets um, throughout KD and Kyrie Irving? Are you are you going to see them, even though they're healthy, maybe sit both of them, you know? Or um, like we mentioned last week, um, a team like the Warriors who obviously want their draft pick and they don't want to get a playoff spot. Do well, you and Taylor, sorry not to cut you off no, here, no, but no. I, think you're, I think you're in a uh, – on something, on something there. What if the league comes back and instead of playing any regular season games, we jump right into the playoffs? Right. And they say round one is a best of five. Does Orlando want to come back and work out and do everything and spend a month getting ready to play three games against, against Milwaukee the and then their season exactly. be over? Exactly. A great point. There's I just mean, so many unknowns. Sorry. Go ahead. Come here. I, f- I feel. I just feel like we are devaluing or maybe underestimating. The amount of professionalism and uh, mentality that these NBA players have, like they all want to fucking win. That's they a all fair point. want. They all believe fair. they can and will want to win an NBA title. And so, like, yeah, I think everybody's motivated, especially in the playoffs. Like, if you're in the playoffs and you just don't think you can win, or you're in the playoffs and you don't think you can like make a difference, or you know, if you're in the playoffs and you really just have no hope of 
going to the next round like why the hell are you there why 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 show up um so i mean there's different ways players go to go about it but i think right now we're kind of just like devaluing and under under undervaluing their competitive nature i mean they're in the nba which is the highest level of basketball in the world for a reason and just because like they may have an outward appearance like a rajan ronda who looks like he doesn't give a crap but he's incredibly freaking like just because they don't show their heart on their shoulder sleeve on their face like rust doesn't mean they're not ultra competitive they just do it in different ways so yeah i think everybody comes back super aggressive wanting to win something like especially like these teams like oklahoma city it's like hey we started gelling right. at the right time and we were started peaking about at the right time and now we got th- thrown for a loop because uh, rudy gobert decided to use oklahoma uh 80 of oklahoma's covid19 <laughs> testing kits and so I think Oklahoma, heck, if they didn't start out like 7-12, and 12, if they started to gel earlier, they'd be the three seed no problem right now. And or at least they'd be competing crazy, for the three seed. Yeah, it seems crazy, and, but it's true. And so and they, they're causing a lot of issues for teams because of how clutch they've been. And Chris Paul will tell you, it's because you know, they play a lot of close games. Well, it's also because they're competing their asses off. So, so I, I, I just think that everybody would come back motivated because, A, Everybody wants to go play basketball right now. Every single athlete, even the athletes like the Warriors, that their season is over. They're done. They would. They. They're. They're completely done for. These guys still want to go play basketball. I texted Jake earlier during the MJ documentary, and we have, we haven't played. Nope. We haven't played basketball since you know March. And I was like, dude, I really want to get out and run and play basketball. And Jake says, yeah, me too, like a lot. So if like if us that play basketball just like weekly are really itching to get out there and go run and go play and we're not making millions of dollars doing it and we're not going and fetching and challenging for rings imagine these dudes that have been in the playoffs for years at a time chomping in the bit trying to get titles so yeah i think everybody comes back with a really very like high motivation of winning and upsetting and trying to get that ring so i think that that's a fair point i mean i made that point on orlando they could also very well come back with a mindset. Exactly. Of Milwaukee hasn't played basketball in two, three months. And Milwaukee might be comes at, back they might be out of shape. They not, yeah, they might not be gelled. Let's go in there and beat their asses. So why you, not? You it, know, like th- there's always two perspectives. So, but anyways, let's let's try to get back to this Raptors and Nets and finish off this. If the playoffs started now, um, I think this is the most interesting one of the four that we've talked about. Who do you guys think are some key matchups or some X factors in this series? So I think it comes back to something that I said last week. Like, who is eligible to play? (laughs) Because if you say, okay, we've taken this time off, everybody's eligible to play. And you have a full, healthy Toronto team against a full, healthy Brooklyn Nets team with Kyrie healthy and Kevin Durant healthy. Kyrie and Hell. Katie are not going to play. They're not going to play. I, I think there might be a chance Kyrie could. I think nah, there's no way in hell Kevin nah. would. Think and about it, think about it as so. seniors. Like, think about it as seniors that have been hurt almost right, their entire right. year of college football, college basketball, the NBA season, whatever. They're not going to come back just to play a few games. They're not going to come well, back with the chance of re-injuring themselves. They're going to sit out the but season. But this is the NBA. The like, these, these players, like, if they ran the NFL, sure. But these players are in the NBA. And yeah, but they're what, playing like, against a team like Toronto Kevin without Kawhi. You know what Kevin I mean? Kevin Durant like, did the same thing, and he blew out his damn Achilles. We saw it on national TV. So, I, I'm saying, it? I agree with you, Kamiar. I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, what if these guys do come back? And that's why, again, back to my point last week, these players shouldn't be allowed to play, which is a, maybe wouldn't. a hot take. I mean, you know look at I mean? Kevin Durant's. Look at Kevin Durant's. You just have to. You need just to look at the person. Like we we finished the victory machine. Kevin Durant would yeah. not come back. Connor, you Ky- know I'm with and, you. If we were Kyrie together, I'd be putting my. If it wasn't social distancing, I'd be putting my arm around you right him now. Him and I'm Kyrie on the same <laughs> wavelength as far as like the type of person they are. They would not come back. So I would say. The key dudes in this series, Jared Allen against the bigs of Toronto, that's big. And Spencer Dinwiddie just doing work. Those are the only two dudes. I have Nick, an what ultimate hot take uh, for Kevin Durant, but I'm a, I've saved it for a while now. I'm going to continue to save it because I don't think this is the place to do it now. I like it. Nick, who would be your like biggest X factor in a Toronto versus Brooklyn series? Um, no, I think Dinwiddie's a great one. He's... 
he's just like a Dennis Schroeder where he's not a guy that would be starting perhaps if Kyrie was playing, but when you put him in a starting role, he's going to be excellent. Um, I think that this could be a series that, that even without Katie and Kyrie could get a little bit interesting. I think this Raptors team, although they've been really, really good this year, um, is still a little bit overhyped. I don't think Van Vliet is... As, as good as people think, he was a bit overpaid after that great run yeah, last season. Um, even without KD and Kyrie, I think this goes six. And you mentioned uh, Van Vliet there. Like, the Raptors have Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, like this this really good point guard duo. But the Nets have Dinwiddie. They have uh, Garrett Temple, who's a good defender. They have Karis LeVert, who can play both guard positions. Like the guard matchups. Yeah, the guard matchups in this one is really, really fun. Uh, I, I, to me, I just don't see who Brooklyn has to match up with the the size and physicality of Pascal. Um, I mean, it's. I think you put Torian Wilson Prince on Chandler him. out there. Don't you put Torian Prince on him? But like, uh, yeah, yeah, you could, and I mean that's probably size wise your best option. But on both ends of the floor, this yeah, season. I, like he's gonna he's gonna get cooked up, obviously. I mean, and and rightfully so, Pascal's right. a great player. But right. I think that's the well, he's one the best player. Who Brooklyn's who, best player? No, to Toronto. Oh, you're saying Pascal is their best player? Yeah, Pascal so like, is their yeah. best player, but like also. Um, they, they have a lot a of supporting of cast, and I just I don't see a season. player on Brooklyn's roster that has the size, the strength, and the defensive prowess to match up with Pascal. I mean, Jeremy Grant is like an ideal defender for that kind of guy, and Grant got cooked last year multiple times by Pascal. His feet aren't quick enough. Yeah, so I just I don't see anyone on Brooklyn's roster who would have any sort of chance of slowing him I'm just down. I'm saying Torian Prince is six foot seven, and he's a pretty good defender. I will say you let Joe Harris get hot. I think the Brook, the Brooklyn Nets could could make some noise with, with the right guys getting hot at the right time. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, but especially you know, if they played Toronto's going to win this one. If they played small, while you put Spencer Dinwiddie at the one, Garrett Temple or Karis LeVert at the two, Joe Harris can get hot. Torian Prince, uh, you might go small. Prince and put has Joe been ha- garbage this year, though. You so might put, bad. You might put Joe Harris at the three and put Torian Prince at the four. Because I mean, like, Jared Allen at the five—that's that's a fun line. Jared Allen at the five, and just flush out. I don't know. It just depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, Surge and Surge and uh, oh, the brother Gasol. Surge and Gasol—they're Gasol. not getting any younger, and these guys are young dudes that they can run up and down the floor. Um, and I, I don't know. I just I think I legitimately think that it could be an entertaining series. If things went the right way for the Nets, because they they don't they're not a great team by any means, but they've got Dinwiddie. Temple's been a pretty good guy for them. Karis LeVert's been good when healthy. Joe Harris can get hot. Torian Prince is a good player, even though he hasn't really shown it this year. Uh, Jared Allen's good. I mean, they can they can they can do some stuff, but they they would they would definitely need some luck going their way. Yep. So series predictions for this one, Nick. What do you got? I'm going six games, Raptors win. I, I think this would be one where the Nets might come out hot and win game one and people yeah. start talking, and then, and then from there it's that the Raptors kind of take over, win for the next five. Yeah, I I'm on board with that. with that. I agree. Four, I, agree. I think it's 4-2. I think the Nets can win game one or two. Got, guys, if, uh, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie aren't playing, I am going to bet that the Raptors would sweep this series. Oh, wow. I think That's the a... Nets would prefer that Kevin and Kyrie didn't play. You seen the way Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> reacts around Kyrie and Kevin on the Call court? Yeah. Stop I... stop disrupting my transition. <laughs> I'm just saying. Bro. It was so great. I was laid up. <laughs> Speaking of bets, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong. Our executive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 21, <laughs> NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. But not only that, the NFL draft was this past weekend, 
and they had plenty of bets for you guys to bet on. It, it was a ton of fun um, to follow along with their Twitter account and their social media account. So be sure to give them a follow because I really enjoyed it. it. Made me feel like there was still sports going on. However, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Alright guys, so to finish up this episode, I wanted to do a game of Thunder Edition, This or That. So I've got a list of statements here. It's going to be this or that. Uh, I don't think I still have the this or that sounder. I would have played it. It's a really good sounder. I was going to say it was a really uh, good sounder. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, that sucks. It's a good sounder though. So I'm going to give you a statement. I'm going to say this thing, will ha- would this thing happen or this thing? A or B, this or that. And then you give us your answer. We're going to go around. I got two for each of you. Uh, Nick, first one is coming your way. Perfect. Shea Gilgis-Alexander makes three All-NBA teams in his Thunder career, or he doesn't make any All-NBA or All-Star appearances in his career. Uh, I'm going to definitely go with the three All-NBA appearances. I don't know with with how many young, exciting guards there are in this league, um, and even more to come. You know, this draft's very guard-heavy, and and you know even some of the the prospects that are juniors and sophomores in high school there's a lot of good guards um i think it's more like he makes one or two but there's no way in hell that he doesn't make an all-star team at any point nice i i think i agree with you on this one i think that uh he's definitely going to be a multi-time all-star so i would bet on him making multiple all-nba teams over never making anything so uh the second one is coming Kamiar's way. Billy Donovan will be coaching the Thunder in the 2022-23 season, or he's gone this offseason. This is a fun one. Uh, he's going to be coaching in 2022 because Presty really, really likes him. He's a Presty guy. Presty sought after him while Scott Brooks was still coaching. Presty made was... Uh, really liked him before you know all this began that's why he hired him for this process and i don't think i I really don't think sam presti hired billy donovan with the idea that he was going to coach this massive thunder team with kevin durant on it to multiple nba titles i think he hired him with the ability the ability to a coach those teams but also foster the ability for growth and actual team ball once that era was over uh, and you've seen you've seen that as this year has progressed, uh, as far as his ability to communicate and reinstall that Thunder culture that you know once had been honestly when Perk was there about playing tough defense from one through five, and then when you let the superstars took take control, kind of compromised a lot of other things and had a lot of other issues. So yeah, uh, he's coaching in 2022-23 because he's actually a good coach, and you get to you got to see that this year. Um, so yeah, definitely that one. If this were Twitter, I would retweet that thread, Kamiar. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is a that is a good one. I like that one. Taylor, next one is yours. OKC makes selections with all of the thirteen of their future round future first round draft picks. And none of those picks are number one overall. So they're going to use each of those 13. Or they trade their future picks, but they end up selecting number one overall twice in the next six years. Oh, man. So I'm going. So this is a kind of convoluted one. Let me me say this one one more time for our listeners. Please. OKC makes 13 draft picks with their 13 picks that they own over the next six seasons. So they, they don't trade any of them. They don't flip them for players. They make 13 picks, but none of those picks are number one overall. Or they trade some of their future picks, but they end up selecting number one overall in two drafts out of the next six years. I'm going with this. There, I would love nothing more for that, quote-unquote, that to happen, where they um, select two number one overall picks i mean that would be incredible for this franchise but that is so rare i mean you look at this statistics on that and it's just it 
almost is impossible. Even with the um, with the the picks that the OKC Thunder have currently, I just don't see that happen. Even with them trying to trade up, so I'm going with this uh, that they use all of those first round picks that they have and do not end up with a first round or sorry a number one overall pick compared to them um, trading some of those picks and coming up with um, multiple number one or I guess two number one overall picks in the NBA drafts I just that's almost impossible I'm going with this um uh one for all of you here just came to my mind would you rather the Thunder get six picks in the top 10 in six consecutive years or two number one overall picks in uh in, in the span of six years say that again would you rather <laughs> the thunder be able to pick in the top 10 every year for six years or they get the number one pick twice in six years i'd want um the first one be able to pick the top six 10. players in the top yes. 10 yeah because I'd- you're your ability to hit on at least exactly. one or two of those is much higher than what the other one was. Exactly. I'm going to strongly disagree because really? there's a lot of teams in this league that are always at the bottom, always drafting in the top ten for five, six, seven years straight, and they never get out of the bottom of the league. They always um, find them find their way down at the bottom again. They draft guys that are solid but don't end up being great. You find teams like the Cavs where they get a couple – number one picks or, or some of these other teams that get a couple number one picks and their rebuild is a hell of a lot quicker. Are they the do same you, teams Do though? you think having Sam Presti changes that, your thought process on that though, Nick? I don't think so. I mean, I, Sam Presti is a great, um, you know, member of the front office. I think that he is, should be in the running for executive of the year this year uh, with, with everything that happened with Paul George and, and his history with his draft picks and things like that. But let's be honest his his draft success with Harden, KD, Russ, etc. early on is damn near impossible to replicate and, and probably a lot lucky. I mean, like, any of this is luck, but if you just constantly reference the Suns, the Sacramento Kings, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Knicks as of late, and poor organizations like that, like, yeah, they, they tank year after year, and they suck year after year, and you hope for a guy like Jaw or a guy like Zion and with Presti's acumen and stuff like that, like I think you're more likely to find some serious talent in the first 10 than you are right. maybe in the top two do, or whatever. Do you really think, though, considering you know who you think Presti might draft, let's take the Knicks, for example, Frank Nittikina and Kevin Knox, who ended up not being great to this point, those seem like guys Presti might draft. Sure, so? but like, didn't you just... Um like disqualify what you said earlier about how you would want to have those um those two number one picks overall because you said that you there's no way that anybody could replicate what Presty did drafting um Durant um Russ and Harden back to back to back like then wouldn't you want more picks of the barrel then right going uh one through six for what was it six consecutive years compared to yeah. Two number one picks, but I mean, all those guys were, were top five guys. It, you, when we're talking one to ten, what if what if four of those six picks are not number nine, number ten? I don't care how much of a draft genius you are; you, you can only draft who's available. Yeah, that's that's fair, and I think he's shown the ability to do be even successful with that. I mean, people like to crap on Mitch McGarry, but he was going to be a decent, he was going to be good starter yeah. level player in the NBA for a minute. Uh, Serge Ibaka, he got Serge Ibaka <laughs> late. He got Reggie Jackson late, and it's just. But like, are, are those guys that are going to get you to where you want to go? Right. I'm right. saying they're We're solid NBA players, and he drafted them after the lottery. So if you're in the lottery for six consecutive years, and you have the amount of scouting that he does, and not like the front office, like Sacramento, Phoenix, New York City, that it's more likely Sam Presti would be likely to hit on one of them. I think that. Nowadays, he would probably just get one or maybe two of a hardened Westbrook KD. Thank God the Trailblazers are idiots because <laughs> they made that decision. Fair. And the Fair. Thunder knew the Thunder knew the entire time they weren't going to take Greg Oden. They were going to take Kevin Durant because they're not dumb. Uh, so, yeah, I would trust Sam Presti. And people want to be like, oh, Sam Presti. People like want to trust the process. And it's like 
like when he zigs he when people are zigging he's zagging and like he's oh he's trying to outsmart everybody and i think there's something to that but i also think that he's a good he has he has good scouts and he's a good judge of character and talent evaluator so i mean i think he i also took houston in the first round though so i don't know yeah the the one inexcusable one for me besides houston's gotta be the cole aldrich trade up uh that one, <laughs> that one didn't pan out well but when you look at like he traded serge Ibaka because he wanted victor but even more, he was also talking to Toronto on that draft night because who he really wanted was Domas, you know. And so I think he does have a good eye at the top of the draft. It'd be interesting to see like statistics on what GMs have picked players that have panned out to be like starter level, uh, all star level, then all NBA level, and kind of like judge GMs based on that. Obviously, there's a lot of context to that too. But anyways, that that was a deep rabbit hole. Nick, you've got this or that number four. Uh, and, and I guess that one is actually kind of a good segue because this one is Sam Presti oversees a title in OKC or he leaves for a big market in the next four years. Oh, that's a tough one. Very fun. Um, I'm going to say leaves for um, any market in the next four years. I think that winning a title, as we know, is very, very difficult. There's a lot of great up-and-coming teams not just in the short term, but in the long term, you look at Lakers Clippers now, um, you know, anywhere Giannis is the Mavericks, a lot of these up and coming teams for the future. And I, I mean, you couldn't win one with, with Russ Harden and Durant. I, I just, I just don't, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard to win a title. I just don't see that happen. I mean, not that I don't see that happening. I just see him leaving more likely than winning a title. Nick, I disagree with you earlier, but I am 100% uh, agree in agreement with you now just the fact that this team is about to transition into a rebuild we're gonna hope within four years that they're back into uh, playoff contention much less play, uh, championship contention and so um I'm, I'm with you it's going to take a little bit of time the fact that the thunder would be able to find that player and trade for that player immediately and take that gamble um, within the four years to make that playoff push or that uh, championship push and be able to make that uh, championship contention. So, for example, trading for like a Bradley Bill with this current roster construction, I think that would be a lot. That's very unlikely. So I would uh, I would agree with you, Nick. I think it's going to be much more likely that this team takes a little longer to rebuild and come back into championship contention. Yeah, I um, I don't know. This one's a difficult one, but I do got to say, like, isn't this kind of the scenario that a lot of GMs probably live for? It's like a having great a great point. relationship with your owner, um, having a metric shit ton of draft picks, um, and drafting is like kind of your calling card. You've got the, kind of the challenge, the puzzle of being in the small market and having the draft picks. And, and with that you kind of get to control how the team is built unlike having a star that you have to like place place and like make happy and and build around it the the future's kind of in the GM's hands i i don't know i just i've always thought that that might be a uh, a scenario that a GM would kind of live for you know i mean so we say that with an Oklahoma perspective where he could easily just say he's become, I mean, he's he's a hot commodity for being a GM that always makes, not always, but makes several good moves that people say, wow, like, okay, so you got that. Okay, so you got that. <clears throat> so, like, he could easily just say, yeah, here's the war chest full of picks for the for years to come, and you have a budding star and some definite projects. Um, deuces and go out to a big market to where it's easy easier to attract guys like Pau Gasol who chose the Chicago Bulls over over the Thunder because of the arts and stuff like that which OKC yeah. doesn't have so I mean he could easily just say to go off to bigger and bigger pastures to make it easier to recruit players because of how he is um, you know he's from the Spurs organization and the Spurs in San Antonio they definitely are very similar to OKC and for what the style of, of which they operate and do a lot of other things. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he stuck around. Uh, but at the same time, this could just be a, you know, I literally gave you everything. I brought you so close to titles. And now you have so many picks to rebuild with. 
and I'm gonna go to where I can attract free agents and don't have to play this game 24-7. So I could see it going yeah. both ways. And I think if he did leave, there would be people lined up to take this job because of those things, right? Because of the draft picks, because of young guys that have a lot of potential. Um, I don't know about that. I think people see OKC and they see, uh, like, Indiana. They see it's boring, and they maybe not want to take on that challenge. I think they would promote from within. Yeah, definitely. That that could also be a thing. Um, all right, next one, number five. Kamiya, we're coming back to you. Lou Dort starts at the shooting guard for the Thunder for the next three seasons, or he's out of the league in the next three seasons? It's a good question. Um, you know, really, it really depends on. It really depends on the team, uh, because you say you say Lou Dort starting at the shooting guard, or does it or are you just yeah. starting in general? Uh, you can just say starting in general. That's fine. That's a tough one. He's yeah, still... I, I agree with you on the fact that it has to do with the team. Like, I think if they suck the next three years and they tank, then it's definitely this. Right. But if they rise really fast, maybe it's that. I don't right. know. Right. So, but he's, what do you got, Kamir? He's not going to be out of the league in three years. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so you're taking the this. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, Taylor, last one is for you. Let's go. This one, Taylor, you got the two like long-winded ones. I apologize. Hey, uh, I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Chris, Chris <laughs> Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and Dennis Schroeder are all playing in OKC at the start of next season. Okay. Or none of them, plus Steven Adams, are out of OKC at the beginning of next season. Okay, repeat that one more time. Okay. <laughs> Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder are all in a Thunder uniform on opening night next season. Okay. Or all three of them plus Adams are gone by opening night next season. I'm taking this. Um, That's a lot of... I'm taking this because the quote-unquote that would be a lot of players to be traded. Um, That'd be a a massive overhaul. Exactly. I don't see that being um, <laughs> being what feasible. If, what if I took Stephen Adams off of that and I said Chris Paul, Gallo, and Dennis are all here, or they're all three gone? Would you still go with this? I'm, or, or does that change your I'm, your math? I'm at taking all? the this. Okay, all three of them are here because okay. the ability to trade all three of those players taking all those contracts into consideration is going to, going to be very tough, especially given the considerations of the current uh, pandemic that we are in. That's going to affect the NBA. Yeah, and I so, mean, how many, how many owners who are losing money right now want to pay the luxury tax? Exactly, exactly. You know? And so you take into consideration um, Chris Paul's contract, much less. Um, it, Gallo, I would say that he's, probably will absolutely be gone um, by the beginning of next season. And I could be very wrong on that, and I'll be happy to say that I'm wrong on that. But I think Gallo will be gone. Um, Shooter is kind of one of those that are kind of up in the up in the middle. You know, like he has a contract that could be traded for the right situation, but the Thunder aren't going to trade him just for nothing. They're going to just try and get rid of him. And so, you know, he... It, it's a very interesting situation for Schroeder, but I absolutely think <laughs> CP3 is going to be hard to trade, especially, like you said, um, Jacob, with the current situation. Um, so I'm going to go with the this on that situation. Okay. I like it. Good stuff, guys. Um, all right. We've been going for about an hour. You guys have any parting thoughts before we pump some outro music and end this podcast? No. All right, let's get out of here then. Um, <laughs> I have nothing else to say either besides episodes three and four. The last dance were awesome, and I loved it, and I love Dennis Rodman. Um, hey, thank you guys so much for checking out The Uncontested. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you. We hope everyone is safe and healthy and doing well. Uh, please continue to stay safe and healthy. If you're a first-time listener, thanks so much for checking us out. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get our episodes. We're dropping episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. So get on top of that. If you are a returning listener, 
We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Please make sure you've dropped a five-star rating. Uh, that makes us feel really good, especially in this time where we're just sitting home watching our ratings right now because we have nothing better to do. Have a great beginning of your week. Enjoy this episode. We will be back with you Wednesday for our next NBA redraft episode. So be on the lookout for that. And then next Friday morning, Taylor and I will be back with you for our top five small forwards in OKC Thunder history. So some fun content you're coming your way this week. Check out bluewire.com, bluewirepods.com. I apologize. While you're at it, find your next sports podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon. And as always, Thunder up. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.